You're listening to One Good Take, the podcast that delves into the nitty-gritty of film development and distribution and explores the often elusive chemistry that brings the film to life. In this episode of One Good Take, I chat with CJ Wally, the founder of the free script hosting website, Script Revolution. As a spec scriptwriter, CJ loves to write pulpy thrillers with female leads. He got his first major breakthrough as a screenwriter when American director Shane Stanley came across one of his film blogs. When he's not liaising with his American counterparts, he's working flat out on Script Revolution. If you're a screenwriter, and especially if you're a screenwriter based outside of Hollywood, I'm sure you'll find this conversation inspirational. Hi, CJ. Welcome to One Good Take. How are you doing? Nick, thanks for having me here. It's great to be on your podcast. That's great. And where are you right now? I am in rural Staffordshire, just outside of Stoke-on-Trent, near the theme park Alton Towers, where we are a COVID hotspot at the moment. Oh, really? I would have thought you'd been relatively okay out there. I would, if you know, if there was a zombie apocalypse, this is where I would come. And now I realize that I'd be a goner, that my plans would completely go awry. This is very bizarre, really. I have the picture of you in the countryside being um, several, well, 100 yards away from the nearest uh, COVID person, at least. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to have to find a, a cave or something or the woodland to go and hide in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so I first came across your name as the guy who runs the script hosting website, Script Revolution. Um, for those who don't know what that might be, it's a bit like Inktip, if you're familiar with Inktip, also Coverfly and Blacklist. But whereas theirs are not free, yours is, right? Yeah, <clears throat> that was the, um, the plan, <clears throat> yeah. was to create a, a free alternative. Um, Coverfly have Coverfly X. <clears throat> So they do offer something free and, um, you know, plus, 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 uh, various other things. And Inktip have got a free listing for short scripts and, um, you know, those guys, they do do bits and bobs, but what I wanted was something that was just upfront, zero cost, come and join in with everyone else and a level playing field. Yeah. And I imagine you set it up because you were frustrated by the costs and cliques and all that kind of thing that screenwriters and filmmakers face. Yeah. Well, it's, it was the lack of hope that I feel that many screenwriters were facing, particularly at that time. Things have gone a little bit better since, but we'd gotten to the point in sort of 2016 where it felt you could not send your script anywhere or contact anyone without having to pay something yeah and the querying was just dead because it was more or less spamming and if you did query you would just get an email saying we do not accept unsolicited submissions and that i could tell was creating a lot of anxiety for people and particularly bad if you're from a background you know where you do not have much you know financial uh, fluidity and if you were from a country where the your currency is weak against the dollar and i feel like that's where some of our best artists come from yeah i mean it was particularly hard if you're not from la really i mean even americans out in, uh, in new york will say you have to be in la and if you're over in london unless you've got a top agent it's, it's nearly impossible isn't it unless you perhaps know someone out in la you can be in encino in LA and feel like you're outside 
of the business yeah. because there's so many people. I mean, if you drive into central Hollywood, if you drive by Warner Brothers or anything like that, or Universal, there's just so many people, you know, all like, it's like Brownian motion. It's like ants. And if you go and eat in the local restaurants, there's just so many people. And you realize that even within a, you know, a three mile radius, there's thousands, thousands of people all fighting just in that, that area. Yeah. So how did you set it up? Sounds quite um, complex. It is. It is. I didn't <laughs> really know how to do it. Um, I ha- I knew the basics. I have a background, you know, a little bit like yourself. I, I come from a sort of PR marketing advertising background. And I'd grown up making websites self-taught. But I'd never done anything like a community website that was very sophisticated. Yeah. And I kept thinking, someone needs to do this. It, it, someone needs to build this site. Come on, they've got to compete. Someone's got to come along. And it was one of those things like, please don't be me. Please don't be me. And then you got to 2016, <laughs> yeah. and I was like that retired old detective mending boats, you know, in Hawaii when the new kids show up and they're like, you've got to come back out of retirement. And I was like, yeah. damn you kids, I'm in. And I spent a month building it the original version and and just learned it all more or less you know worked all day and all night and got it turned around and every day it pushes my limits every day on on every level as well from from business admin to marketing to business relationships to the sheer coding and 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 behind the scenes stuff so are you you even doing coding that's impressive for somebody well to a degree i mean i i'm doing things like you know server maintenance and things i'm going in and i'm like a hacker i'm going into the terminal you know where you you have you can't use a mouse and type you know just just like going back to dos on an old 486 pc and yeah i mean that's that can all get quite scary but um you know, I don't like to make too much of a song and dance of it. Um, modern web tools have made it easier for me to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So what was your starting point? Did you go to YouTube and look up tutorials on how to build a community website? I went back to what I already knew, the, the sort of fundamental stuff and yeah. what I could already scrape together. And luckily, because of I've got friends who are also in the business I was having conversations with them and it was like they were saying the right things at the right time. So they'd say, they'd mention content management platforms or they'd mention server hosting platforms and it was stuff I hadn't heard of. And that was really good. It was, it was, it was like the universe was making it happen and all the right pieces were falling together at the right time. Great. How long did it take you to get it up and running from, you know, the first first week of pulling your hair out to uh, getting it going? It was just under one month. It was the 4th of July 2016 that I committed because I was thinking of the American Revolution and I was like, oh, script revolution. And it was that weird thing where I just went and bought the domain and I thought, I'm just going to go for it now. I've got a gap in my work. I don't want to write for a little while. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, and it came together so fast that I thought, damn it, I'm going to release on the 1st of August. And I did. How long did it take to? start seeing the numbers run exponentially was that another month two months quite a long time i people mm-hmm. started to join there was like a little bit of a surge at the start where you know some very committed <laughs> it's always the way isn't it 
Yeah. yeah, you know, it was people who were who were prolific writers who were friends. They uploaded all, all their scripts. Like, you know, I think one guy uploaded like a hundred scripts or something crazy like oh that God. himself. And it started to build from there. But I was really surprised by the lack of response initially. You know, I would get laughed out of forums. You know, I went on Dundeal Pro really? or I went on oh. Reddit and mentioned this. And people went, oh, it's just you and a friend's script. <laughs> and some people would say, I don't want my script read by Joe Blow. I want, you know, the top directors. And that was hard. And yeah, then yeah. no one would cover it in the press at all. None of the big websites, none of the big, you know, sort of like, platforms would mention yeah. it some were blocking it some were deleting posts about it and it was this kind of like this fall to earth and it was just word of mouth and i would say probably in the last year is where i've seen this this really strong uptick yeah yeah has it has it seen a little bit of a surge during this pandemic period um yes um more reads than ever so more script downloads than ever that's gone up we're breaking all the records it's difficult to tell because it's always had this kind of steady increase or the exponential curve's always been quite regular it's hard to yeah. say what covid's really done i know a lot of people actually aren't writing they can't write they feel too um like locked up to stock in yeah, this, this, me too. this yeah, situation no, a lot of people myself i've been through that um, so mixed results. The the big one was um, that really helped was forming partnerships with other websites. And then Shane Stanley did an interview with Film Courage, and he mentioned me and he mentioned the site, which is probably the first time something quite big where Script Revolution got mentioned. And yeah. that video had like over twenty thousand hits. And then we I had a wave of people come in from that, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you see the way forward with it in, in terms of developing it? Will, will you remain, will the site remain a free website? Um, or will you introduce a, you know, a paid, a premium sort of level at any point? Well, there is what's called rock star membership. So people can become rock stars. Um, it start, that started off the back of Patreon. It was a strange situation where I built it to be free. I didn't want any help. And then people would keep messaging me and saying, I want to send you something. I want to give you something. I want to support what you're doing. So I looked yeah. at Patreon and followed all that. And Patreon convinced me that people actually like investing in these things, investing in people, in movements. So I thought, okay, give it a try. That went well. I brought in this thing called a Rockstar tier where people would you know, get a badge and everyone would know that these people have contributed to the site. And that was one of the reasons why it was still free. And then I started bringing in more and more benefits for them. So they get a whole bunch of discounts. Now you can become a rock star on the site and, and it's like $5 a month. It's like as, as low as it can be. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, you know, with the fees and everything that have to, to come out of that. And they can get like $150 of discounts now by becoming a member and they can get in, they, we have like webinars and things like that. And it's all stuff that's useful to them. So they actually get more back out, which works really well. It's like this everybody wins situation. It's like about yeah. 300 of them now, but the actual core of script revolution, that, uh, that remains free. Um, yeah. that still remains this kind of random listing. So there's no kind of pain to get to the top or anything like that and open to everyone globally. Is there a plan? Hell no, there's no plan. That's that's the thing <laughs> about this. And it's yeah. a little bit like me as well. Is it, it, I don't have a plan, I have an attitude. And my attitude is to focus predominantly on um, the mental health of writers and, and, and 
they're maintaining hope and access the art form itself um and caring about how the business works and which is i'm in a good position to do that because i am actually breaking in and i am actually able to go back and say well this works and that works so i'm going to implement that rather than think well this is a revenue generator this is a revenue generator i'm going to implement that um but no plan for the next five years yeah how how soon did the offers from people wanting to pay you through patreon come in um well so it was more people saying, I want to PayPal you some money. So I did people say, I want to PayPal some money. And yeah. I thought, well, that's a bit messy. I don't know about that. I need to look into it. Because the thing is, when people want to send you money, that becomes extra work. So you're yeah. kind of like, well, now I've got admin and now I've got taxes to consider and the business set up and incorporation and things like that. So yeah. the great thing about patreon is that people become members so i was able to and it was hard because there's a lot of manual back and forth i was able to make sure that their membership on the website was in sync by hand with their patreon support and then i was patreon gives you a private forum and it's all managed in one place it's a pretty good system i can see why it's taken off well mm. and so that was like two years in when that started started to kick, kick in yeah i think it was um, it was either a year or 18 months and i held back on opening that patron thing up to prove that i was willing to pay for this myself for quite a period of time i wanted to make sure everyone knew that for instance i kept myself my own script listings off hot lists and things like that for a year or two to make sure to show like i'm not doing this for me i'm not trying to get rich quick office or anything like that i mean it, it, it and the good thing is it saved it because i was in an okay position things were tough but i was in an okay position when i started the website i was in okay financially I ended up in a situation where I ended up living in my car and you oh, was yeah. that situation where it was thank goodness script revolution is is kept in the in the black by these um by these donations. Wow. So while you were living in your car, how did you maintain the site? Did you have to go down to cafes and that well, sort of thing? Well, I didn't end up in my car. That was the good oh, thing. Really? I was, I was okay. in that situation <laughs> yeah. where I was working it out and yeah. then thankfully i managed to to find accommodation and it was just yeah. like it was like oh my lord like if if that had happened I, I don't think i could have kept the site running yeah 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 what sort of work were you doing before you set up the site well i so my background is in uh, marketing and consultation and print and new media design and I was a, I was often on as a freelancer. I'd kind of gone freelance at fifteen, and then got a job in a cube farm, and then freelance and an agency freelance. I was a director of an agency freelance again, kind of back and forth in the business to business world. Um, completely unfulfilling, completely cynical. You'll know this as, a, as an ex advertiser yourself. It's more yeah. engineering based than anything. There's very little actual genuine creativity. And it was one of those things where, because I like playing with crayons when I was at school and I would rather sit there daydreaming and drawing, they kind of go, Oh, right. Okay. Well, if you like scribbling, graphic design for you. And I just fell into it because I was self taught and. It was, I, you know, I'm a very independent person, so it works well for freelance. So let's get on to your own script writing. Um, how's that going? And you, I mean, you've already got uh, one feature in the can, so to speak, if not released. What's the, the recent one that's in 
pre-production at the moment. Oh, the one that's shooting at the moment. Oh, it's so, actually shooting now. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. We're, we're shooting during COVID. <laughs> we are not yeah. letting anything stop us. So that that is literally a couple of weeks in um, to shooting in LA as we speak. Um, and that is a, it's an action comedy um, with the emphasis on the action with this one. Um, Daniel C. Ryan's in it. Matthew Lawrence is in it. Dawn Oliveri in it um, and Kevin Joy and what's amazing about it is Danielle C. Ryan's like this kind of like this action star that's not being discovered she's doing the you know like the Hallmark movies and stuff like that which she's great in and um, but she can do martial arts and horse riding and she you know she's familiar with firearms and things like that yeah and yeah. it was just amazing opportunity I've always been looking for that as a writer because I you know I'm one of these guys who if there's a stunt in a film and you can tell that it's a stunt performer instead of the actor and it's really glaringly obvious or anything like that, I, I just, I'm just like, I pull the ripcord, I'm out. Like, yeah. it just, it just, the suspension of belief goes. So I always hoped to find someone who actually wants to do it themselves. So it was this amazing opportunity. Um, you know, back working with Shane Stanley again, he's the director and he was the executive producer of Gridiron Gang with Wayne Johnson. Um, which a lot of people have heard of. It was the global box office number one. And yeah, we're doing it as a small production um, because, you know, the COVID um, stuff yeah. is, is, you know, it needs to be tough and it is tough. And the smaller mm. you are, the, the better a job you can do of it. So we're staying ultra safe. Yeah. At the time of writing it, did we have the pandemic? Yes, because I wrote it in two weeks in September. Oh. Yeah, he came, he, he came around so fast. Shane and I move fast. And, yeah. you know, you strap in with us. It's a wild ride. We don't mess about. It was one of those situations that I think it was the end of December. Shane and I were talking. We said, we need to do something. We need to do something small. We need to get something out now. You know, it's been too long. We'd had a project that we'd had to put on hold because it featured an elderly person in the script. There's no way we were going to do a script with an elderly person at the moment. That was due to, sh to shoot in May, but we, 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 we put the brakes on. And we were saying we need to do something. And we had this kind of rough idea for, a, for an action comedy. Well, lo and behold, Danielle and her manager, Kurt Patino, they were having the same conversation in an office. And they called Shane the next day. And it was this kind of weird kismet situation where we were thinking, wow, they want to do exactly what we want to do. We could all go in as producers um shane had someone who was keen to fund things i think we like a, a week later we had a treatment and we had basically a green light and then it was okay cj when do you think the script's going to be done and it was like oh, well let's just see so i put some punk music on and honestly uh, you know it's for two weeks i'm so happy with the script i turned out i work fast when i'm motivated i work really fast yeah. Did you have quite a strong outline already, you know, from the treatment? Was it, you know, your, your story synopsis, if you like, was um, in good shape. So you, you were just fleshing out those thinly drawn scenes from the synopsis? That's very true. Um, you know, the way I work is I'm, I'm big on structure. I'm big on theme. And um, which is unusual for me. It took me years to learn that. But I have this development process that i call turn and burn which i share on script revolution anyone can can read it 
um, which I developed it, which works around this five-act principle, um, these five stages, yearn, turn, burn, learn, and earn. And I can move really fast in terms of story development if I work around that sort of framework, that template. Um, So, yeah, the nuts and bolts are all there. It's, you know, it's all rigged up, ready to go. And like you say, it's dressing it at that point. It's putting in the comedy, the dialogue, and all the scene structure. What sort of budget did you work with on this one? I think we're on on an adjusted low sort of sag sag scale, something like that. Um, The thing is, though, I mean, people will see this from the film that we've got coming out next week we punch so far above our weight it's unbelievable i mean shane's a legend for this he has a book all about it you can buy called what you don't learn in film score you know what what everything we do it looks 10 20 times more expensive than it costs yeah so is is it under a million or a little bit Um, we 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 feel that anything over a million is um is is really risky business so yeah. we don't like to ever go above that unless it's a sure thing, a home run. So, yeah, yeah we like yeah. to stay below seven figures if possible. Yeah. Do you think it'll get into cinemas when they finally open? Or, or are you looking already more at the sort of streaming avenue? Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting, um, that strategy. It is an interesting one. And it's a case of you never, you never, you never dictate how things are going to go. Um, maybe we'll be offered a theatrical release. Maybe there'll be limited theatrical. It's 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 impossible to say. Um, the good thing is, is the models we work with, as we're showing with Break Even, is we're not completely dependent on theatrical, which I think is catching a lot of people out now. Yeah, it's important. I think. Yeah, yeah. You really have to have that contingency in place. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. The, we um we, when we pick up an investor, it's it's an investor for life. It's it's a it's a case of you know the the priority and the we we treasure that funding, um, and our the entire focus is on is on generating a return and um, and that's that's even more so when when you know you've got multiple producing partners in that case because everyone has a stake. Yeah, uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you got to know this team in America, how they found you or you found them? So. Yeah, so it was kind of like, you know, I'd spent six years trying to break in, something like that, maybe seven at that point since 2012, full-time trying to break in. And I'd completely lost faith in the idea that someone from Hollywood's going to find you one day and it's all going to fall into place and you're going to get whisked over there and start making feature films. And I'd completely, that's a fantasy, that's a Cinderella narrative, never going to happen. And then Shane Stanley reads my blogs online and I was writing a lot of quite, you know, quite mouthy blogs, um, which I like doing, which I feel is like the online version of networking. And yeah, liked what I was saying, thought, how does this guy write his scripts? Because they might appeal to me too. And went to my website where I had them all hosting. Again, it's unusual to have your webs, your your your, um, your scripts hosted on a website, but I was doing that, putting them out there. And he was able to read a script of mine called For Your Dreams, which he loved, fell in love with, wanted to make. But it was a case of, well, you know, this has got, you know, sisters running drugs across Texas in a muscle car. It's kind of a dirt movie. And the drugs make it very limited in, in mainstream appeal. Like, who will actually buy this and screen it? So, you know, he said, let's, would you, would you consider making it a bit more commercial? And, and I said, well, 
how about I write you a new script, dude, from scratch? And I did I did that with no commitment on his side. He was like, look, you know, he's like, I, I need to get your contract. I need to, to do this. I'm like, no, I'm going for it. Let's do this. I don't care. I don't care. And And that's how it started. Yeah. And so what was your starting point given, I mean, I guess you, you had a sense of the kind of writing he likes and the feedback on your script gave you some pointers as to how you might write the, a new one. Was it completely from scratch or, or I mean, it, was it something you talked through in terms of concept? I read his book first um, and, and figured this is a guy I want to work with. And he'd kept quiet about actually making a move together. He, he would retired at that point, was, wanted to go into education and this script kind of pulled him back in and we chatted about the films that we like and we're both kind of you know products of the the 90s rebels on the back lot revolution that happened you know the tarantinos and the tony scotts and things like that you know and all those great films in the early 90s you know the whole video and dvd thing that was just went huge so we loved all those kind of gritty 90s films that kind of just brought some production class to b-movies and exploitation films we really like that so we were chatting about the movies we like and that helped because we knew the kind of things we were into and it was like okay we've got we've got we've got two sisters on the run with something they shouldn't have how about maybe we make it four friends on the run with some dirty money because you know that's not drugs they're not criminals or anything like that as such um Shane's big on sailing. His a lot of his pasts in sailing, so it was like, let's put it on the water. Let's go to Catalina Island, and he, he's in LA, and he got a lot of contacts and access in LA. So it was a case of, well, let's go into the city and 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 glamorize it up a bit in that respect. So he'd got some kind of crazy life experiences of his own, which he threw in, such as this concept of suddenly having, you know like $50 million that you've just stumbled upon and going to run with it. He, he knows people who've been in that position, as crazy as that sounds. Um, nice. So, yeah, <laughs> we kind lot. of went with it. Yeah, and I did a treatment, and I think it was like a 40-page like treatment or something, and then I sent him an act every couple of weeks. I think it took me six weeks to write the script, and then it gave him the full final draft on his birthday. Hmm. Yeah, very good. And how long did it take? This is the the last one, isn't it? The the one that's actually shooting now. Well, the what? So no, this is one, break, one even. No, break even. Yeah, break even releases yeah. next week on December the first in North America. So break even is the one we shot in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, what was the the, the time on that one? Because I realised that the last one is super quick. What what was the timing on this one in terms of? Ye- your your first draft of script to uh, yeah so break production. even was basically six weeks so it was six weeks to right because I was yeah. having to do it around my normal day job you know my freelance work so I couldn't I couldn't go at it full time and I was also was a bit scared and a very timid at that point because I'd never collaborated and I had a social life then <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't now yeah do well not. a lot of us don't do we no. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah okay and so what's life like. At the moment, in terms of work, how do you balance things? Are you, you've got those two projects, one, one finished, one uh, being shot, and now you've got your website. Uh, how are you dividing your time at the moment between all the various things you're doing? It's, it's, it's crazy, to be frank. I mean, I, I, work, I work till midnight every night and I work every day. 
um, that yeah. comes. It's just, you know, I've kind of YOLO'd my whole life now. Um, I believe in lean living. I believe in maximizing opportunities. I've sacrificed everything. And I mean pretty much everything. I can fit everything I own into a car now. I've moved back in with my parents. Um, you know, relationships have ended. Like, it's, everything has been, has been um, you know, like I say, put to one side to, to, to try and make this happen. So I'm just completely yeah. 110% focused. Um, yeah, sometimes I have to get up at three in the morning and deal with things. Sometimes I have to deal with really? calls wow. in the early hours. It's, you know, when, you, you've got a, when you've got a production in LA running um, Pacific time and you're in London, you know, London time in England, that's, <clears throat> that's, that's the way it goes. Script Revolution never sleeps. Um, I have to deal with potential spammers and all kinds of things, you know, at any time. So the good thing is, is what I like about it is it's just constantly kind of new, exciting things. Some of them are bad, exciting things, and some of them are good, exciting things. A lot of them yeah. are new, exciting things. So it's kind of like every day is is a new, a new experience, and that and that keeps you going. Yeah, and it's your thing, isn't it? You're not sort of having to get permission from the man or whoever you know <laughs> well that's it i have to say i i really leveraged my position particularly through covid and um, and through i believe you know in sleeping the sweeping the floors for free and making yourself indispensable principle which i know a lot of people hate a lot of people don't like that they want to go straight in they want to get wga level payments for everything they want everything in a contract i do not operate like that i go in and i help as much as i can i do everything i can i don't do stuff on commitment i do as many favors for other people as possible and i don't focus on getting paid or anything like that because i believe that the you get better rewards faster if you build trust and loyalty with people and show that you're capable so yeah. I really leveraged my position. I, you know, I went into this as an unknown writer in 2018, and now I'm an owner-producer on a, on a SAG-level project. And that's come about by you know, pushing myself and, and going above and beyond. Yeah. Did you have any part in raising the finance on any of these projects? I do get involved in the pitching as much as I can from, from merry old England. Um, I use my graphic design skills to help with laying stuff out i put things to, together i help with i mean now you know i help with scheduling with with you know the budgeting and all kinds i'm involved in everything absolutely everything and you know there's there's a funny story there we wrote break even under a different title and we didn't like that title and we were concerned about ownership of that title and we eventually came up with the term break even, which, you know, Shane just pulled out. I know he's an amazing title writer and um, we loved it. And we put this pitch together and we were like at the 11th hour, the day before Shane was going to go pitch. And I said to Shane, do we really want to go into a pitch with something called break even? You know, is that the kind of is that the image? Is that the, the ethos we want to we want to give to, <laughs> to the investors? investors yeah. Break yeah. even. Um, so then, for the pitch process, it became it, it was called race to riches at that point. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> and yeah. then it quickly got switched back to break even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They didn't pull out then, at least. The no, they didn't. Thankfully. No. <laughs> yeah. 
we don't like that title. Yeah, no, that's quite nice. Yeah, cool. So, um, what are you working on now, script wise, or, or are you taking a bit of a break, a bit of a breather from that? I've become it's something I've learned about myself, and I think it's important we do learn these things about ourselves, and even if they're not necessarily particularly nice things to learn, perhaps or romantic things to learn, is my motivation really stems from things getting made and me having a stake in something valuable. And the result of that is, although I have written a couple of specs this year, my commitment to just writing speculative stuff has dropped significantly. Now, you know, because of that feeling of what's the point? What's the yeah. point? I, I, this, I keep my specs the kind of thing I love to write. They're 100% in my voice. And I like to write gritty, Tarantino-esque, sort of minimal location, very pulpy thrillers and dialogue heavy. And I write those and I don't write anything else. The result of that is I know that they aren't very commercial. So I aren't having a seven-figure spec sale anytime soon with my portfolio. I love writing them. I do them for fulfillment first. But I know that there's no you know, chest of gold that's, that's coming anytime soon with that. So I found that harder to get back into when yeah. I have commercial prospects. Because if I'm if I'm writing for a production and the idea is it's going to turn profit and it's going to find a large audience, I go into a different mode. I go into a very kind of commercially orientated mode. I'm happy to do that. My voice is still there. It's definitely a CJ Wally script, but that's different and it's, it's a different mentality. So, um, like I say, I've done a couple of specs but um, I'm motivated mainly by actual paid or potentially paid work. Yeah. Is anything like that on the horizon for you? You know, it's, it's, it's a funny year. Um, <laughs> we, we've been, yeah, we've been sending out a lot of treatments, a lot of synopsises for various scripts and projects that we want to do. And we've been getting read a lot more. People are starting to notice this team. People are starting to notice, you know, what's being done. And so we've had a lot of requests for stuff. The problem is... Yeah, requests from whom? Small production houses, uh, actually some bigger ones. I mean, it's weird. You get, you get like the biggest companies in the world sniffing around at what you're doing. You know, yeah. but they can make some quite predatory offers and you can lose creative control. So it's this situation where it's a whole gamut of people that are approaching us. And it's that question of, you know, who do you actually want to work? Who do, yeah. who do you want to do? Because the thing is, we, we, you know, we, we can get our own funding. We can put our own production together. We don't need certain things that a lot of other filmmakers need. We certainly don't need the kind of money most filmmakers need. So you're kind of looking for that perfect match all the time. The thing is, people are reading, but no one's committing. So yeah. you, you just mm. your stuff goes off into the void. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you consider writing for TV, perhaps, if um, that opportunity came along? I would. I mean, I wrote a, a pilot this year for the first time ever. I wrote a pilot script. Um, yeah. You know, it's. <laughs> 
there's a lot of it doesn't invite me in you know that that concept of your pilot gets picked up and you're lucky if you make it into the writer's room and it gets handed over to other people i mean i know i know some high profile showrunners and i'd love to work with them at some point but tv scares me because the thing that scares me about tv the most is if in, in terms of a series is if you write something successful, they do not want to let you go. And that was mm. shown with Lost in particular. You can say, oh, I just want to do a, a three-season show that wraps itself up really nicely. But if, if you're successful and you pull an audience in, they will never want it to end. And I think that that becomes like a corporate job if you aren't careful. I like the idea of doing TV movies. I like. I, I think that I could you know, particularly with the people I know in terms of working people like Shane is we could do so many really great TV movies that absolutely just way above what's being done now for the money that actually like I, something that frustrates me, Nick is where I like to write and where I like to make movies falls in this tricky position between what you see on the sci-fi channel and what you see on lifetime. If that makes sense, lifetime do these like thrillers, female orientated quite often female led and then sci-fi do all like the zombie and 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 obviously the science fiction stuff and it's like well where does the pulpy gritty stuff where's the in between i know like hbo are quite big for that you know fox but they're huge and very kind of well polished and 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 hard to get into i wish there was something in between i wish there was something that and i know like maybe the streaming platforms and netflix could be there but no one is. And I find that bizarre. We need like a whole kind of 90s vibe coming back in, you know, on a channel. Well, I think you're the man for it then. That's me. <laughs> yeah. The CJ Wally channel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should end at that point. That's a very optimistic note. I'm sure you can make that happen. <laughs> Thanks very much for talking to me, CJ. It's been a pleasure, Nick. Thanks for having me on. So anyone out there listening, if you've got a spec script and have hopes for it to be picked up by a producer in the not-too-distant future, check out CJ's site, Script Revolution. You've been listening to One Good Take with your host, Nicholas Penrake, talking to CJ Wally. Have a good week. <laughs>